0: Chris Macy, and I'm so glad you could be here with us today. I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. We put on this program every Tuesday at four o'clock here on 1010 KXXT, and we hope you can join us for each one of our programs. We are going to be putting our uh, previous episodes back up online. We have uh, the link on our website at www.nvcoc.net. So if you want to catch any of our Past episodes, feel free to get on there, uh, listen to, to those uh, programs, leave comments uh, as well, or you can uh, uh, send me send me a message uh, from that pa- from that website as well. We have a, a lot to to look at and, and talk about this this afternoon, and I hope you uh, have time to listen in on our study of God's word. And I want to go over it's a lesson I did on Sunday um, Sunday morning, and I really like it. I really like this lesson, so I thought I would do it here on the program as well, rather than a, what we normally do, of looking at something in the news. Uh, I'm, it's a, I titled this Spiritual Cholesterol, and I uh, have to be honest, especially since I'm putting it out there for everyone to hear, I, I stole the title. I heard someone else uh, uh, use this as an explanation of uh, um, spiritual apathy and, and, and falling f- falling from grace, and I really liked it, and so I'm going to uh, use that here Today as well. And so I want us to start by reading Psalm chapter 95. Psalm chapter 95. And I know you're probably driving out there right now, so I'll I'll read it out loud for you. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. And the psalmist writes this: O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods, in whose hand are the depths of the earth. The peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it. In his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as in the day of Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me. They tried me, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who err in their heart and they do not know my ways. Therefore, I swore in my anger, they truly they shall not enter into my rest. The Bible talks a lot about hardened hearts. When you just do a brief scan through the Bible, or if you have one of those nifty search programs, you can find passages like Romans chapter 2, verse 5. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourselves in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness, ju- righteous judgment of God. Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen. How blessed is the man who fears always, but he who hardens his heart, will fall into calamity. Afterward, Mark sixteen fourteen. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. It is a real shame to see people act like that. But what is more pitiful is to see people who were once such dedicated Christians, because of years of life or maybe bad circumstances, they become hard-hearted and sometimes that can happen to us. And so that's what we're going to be looking at, spiritual uh, hardness of the heart. Just like the hardening of arteries can happen to the best of us. You know, the, we all know how cholesterol works, right? It builds up in the arteries in our, uh, leading into our heart, and it restricts the flow of blood going in there. And of course, the heart needs to pull that blood and circulate it through our entire body. And when we let that cholesterol build up, you know, it can cause a heart attack. It can kill us. And spiritual cholesterol does the same thing. It, it reduces the flow of God's Word into our heart so that His Word is not reaching the most important place where we make our decisions in our lives, and it's not fil- uh, going out and being pushed out to the rest uh, of our lives because the cholesterol is limiting what is getting in there. And so we're going to be looking at that this afternoon. I'm not quite sure... You know, when they discovered the effect that uh, cholesterol has on the heart. But once the discovery was made, people heard about the dangers of having high cholesterol number. What did they do? Boy, they made sure they got that cholesterol checked, didn't they? They made sure they were doing whatever they could do to to make sure they didn't have that high cholesterol. Have you ever uh, been on a door-knocking campaign or or maybe uh, you're just chit-chatting with somebody about having a, a Bible study, and they just simply say, no, thank you, not interested, bye, slam the door shut or something like that? Did you ever have that happen? Or maybe you visit someone to encourage them to, to you know, come, come to the worship service. We haven't seen you in a while. And and they say, you know, they're coming on Sunday morning, and that's good enough. They don't need any more than that. And you may be thinking in your mind, how did they get here? How did they get to this point? Well, the answer is one step at a time. It doesn't happen all of a sudden. I don't, you know, People don't just wake up one morning and decide, you know what? I think I'm just going to walk away from the church starting today. That doesn't happen. Hardening of the spiritual heart is a gradual process, and it can take months or years to happen. But when it happens, it can be deadly. Today, we want to focus on how we can avoid becoming hard-hearted. We also want to try to work on a little bit of uh, preventive maintenance. Psalm 95 is written about Israel's future with regards to Israel's past. Notice how it starts off with a wonderful call to praise. The picture in my mind, the, the Israelite priest is up there standing before the people, and he says, come, it's time for all of us to sing praises to God and worship his mighty and holy name. Sing a song of blessing with me. Let's go. But in the back of the crowd, or maybe on the edge of the group, the priest notices somebody with this cynical, sour look on their face. You know what I'm talking about, right? And they're, 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 they're it's almost as if they're saying out loud, Are we going to sing that song again today? Is it going to be another long service? I don't want to put up with this. I got, I got to get going. I, I need to get down there to Jerusalem Cafe before the crowd hits. Maybe he spotted someone who acted a lot like some people do today in the worship service. Because of that attitude, you start missing the worship services on a regular basis. You begin to think, I don't need to be there. You know, I missed one. I feel fine. Everything seems fine. Lightning didn't come strike me from heaven. I can can miss a few more. No big deal, right? It's no wonder... The psalmist followed up his song of praise with the warning about hardened hearts. Verse 8, and there in Psalm 95, that's the key verse uh, that the psalmist is trying to get across where it says, Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as in the day of Massah in the wilderness. Don't do that. And notice those two words, Meribah and Massa. He's making reference to what their forefathers did way back there in Exodus chapter 17. The word Meribah means quarreling or rebellion. The word massa means testing or contention. You remember the story about how the Israelites were freed from Egypt. They were uh, you know, probably over a million Israelites that following Moses uh, out there in the desert... And at this point, God's already proved to them his power and how great he is, that he's on their side. I mean, he's uh, uh, done the, the plagues in Egypt. He, he's had them cross the Red Sea on dry ground and supply them with manna and quail to eat. But soon, the songs of praise, well, those become stale. The chorus of uh, worship become boring and the people get thirsty. The cholesterol of sin was building on their heart and there's warning signs for that there's warning signs for spiritual cholesterol and the first warning sign is excessive griping excessive griping i know i i i gripe but i'm not talking about like you know griping about this that or the other i'm talking about the excessive kind over in philippians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 get my bible over there Paul writes, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. Notice children of God here in the passage. Uh, also, that's a typical phrase. Uh, over there in uh, Exodus 17 or in Psalm 95 uh, or 51, is children of Israel. This is the uh, it's a kind. This is one. One is the kind of children I should say that God wants. You got children of God and children of Israel. The phrase children of Israel is a accurate term because many a times the Israelites acted just like children, whining, complaining, griping, so forth. In the New Testament, there were contentious quarrels among the brethren uh, at Corinth. First Corinthians one eleven. Excessive griping and complaining are warning signs. It it just happens, and in fact, you get to a point where you start to enjoy it. Maybe you take great pleasure in having your group gripe sessions. These sessions can start within the first thirty minutes of your lunch break, or or this, or that, and you may go start off by saying, "You know what?" I got something I wanted to say about brother A or sister B or so-so. You can't even take a few pot shots at the worship service. Singing was bad. The song leader was awful. Prayer was long. The Lord's ever took forever. The service, oh, don't even get me started. If we don't discuss the worship service, then we can just start talking about our country or our community or whatever. The Israelites kept asking, Why isn't there any water, Moses? You brought us out here to die in the desert. These people were free. They had been slaves for hundreds of years, but now their main concern wasn't, we well, are so thankful and grateful to our Lord God. No. They're asking, where is the drinking fountain? Is, is, is God uh, all he's cracked up to be? Is he really going to see us through this? And so they get this griping. And you, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever read through the Bible... In the Old Testament, you know what I'm talking about, about the excessive griping they had. That's the first warning sign. The second one is excessive doubting. Excessive doubting. Now, a little bit of doubt. That's not bad. Everyone's got that. But when my heart continually brings up the negative, doubting side inside of me, it's a warning sign that I've got some hardening of the spiritual heart going on. Is God really that powerful? Does he really care? Can he really help me? In James chapter 1, verse 6, James writes, But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. There's a reason why God was displeased with the Israelites at Meribah. There's a revealing comment in Exodus 17, verse 7, about why God was upset. He says, because of the quarrel of the sons of Israel, and because they did Tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Their attitude was, Prove it, God. God has done His proving already. He showed His power in Egypt, and today He has given us His Word. He sent His Son. He is the great I am and not the great I was. God wants to see the hearts of those who trust Him. Hardening of the spiritual heart is a disease. It can result in the death of your faith because slowly but surely, you just don't trust God anymore. There is a cure. There's a cure for the hardening of the spiritual heart. And there are two things we need to look at in order to get the cure. Let's say you go to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, we found some blockage in your arteries. You may ask, oh man, do I need surgery? Doc says, no. No, you don't need surgery. What you need... You need two things. First is that dirty, foul four-letter word that nobody likes, diet. You got to go on a diet. And then he'll say the second thing you need to do is you need more exercise. And so I want us to look at those two items to deal with our spiritual cholesterol. We got to do that to deal with real the physical cholesterol, but we also got to do that for spiritual cholesterol. The first is the diet. What kind of diet do we need to have? What are some of the things we need to watch uh, so that we don't clog our spiritual arteries? Well, item number one, we need to watch out for fat. Look out for the fat. In Revelation 3:17, Jesus says to the church at loud to see Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, on and on and on. That congregation that church allowed to see you, had just grown fat. They thought they had it made, they thought they had everything they needed, and they were good to go, right? And then he says to them or in Luke chapter twelve, verse fifteen, the Lord says, uh, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance, does his life consist of his possessions? One sure sign. Of spiritual cholesterol is when you start living the fat lifestyle. You eat as much of the sweets as possible. It's a lifestyle that is filled with affluence, excess, outrageous consumption of material goods. Money and worldly possessions can harden one's heart to a point where uh, they, they believe, like the rich fool, that everything's okay because, well, hey, they put their trust in the material world. So the first thing in our spiritual diet is to cut the fat. Cut it from your mind as being important. And item number two, watch out for the eyed foods. Kind of sounds like the fried foods, right? The eyed foods. I'd rather do this, or I'd rather have things my way, and I'd rather belong to a congregation that does it this way, or, or whatever it might be. When When I starts too many of my sentences, I can be sure that the spiritual cholesterol has caused selfishness to be the diet of food I eat. We're worried about the direction the church is headed. We worry about liberalism or, or conservatism or, or doctrinal errors or other things or all of these other stuff. However, if those things are happening in the church, they are a direct result of eating too much eyed food. Eating too much of that causes us to turn inward and focus only on ourselves. We get more worried about keeping house than we do about anything else. We need to be focused on the Word of God, right? And stay away from those those eyed foods. We don't want that. We must watch what we eat. Our spiritual diet must be monitored at all times. That saying, we are what we eat, that's true spiritually. That's why... <clears throat> Excuse me. That's why Paul says in, in t- to Timothy several times, talking about sound words. You may have read that in your Bibles a few times. Sound words. And literally in the Greek, that means healthy words. Are you eating on the word of God? Are you taking it into your mind and your heart and letting that flourish throughout your entire life? We've got to be getting into the word, right? Right? We've got to be partaking of the, the sweet words that the Lord has given us. And when we do that and, and we get rid of that spiritual cholesterol, then the word of God starts to flow through, uh, uh, through our spiritual lives into the rest of our, uh, 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 every part of who we are, and we begin to change to look more like the Christ. The second cure for spiritual cholesterol is exercise. Item number one, do the faith stretch. Spiritual exercise is tough because I really only want to do the things that feel good. You know what I'm talking about? As anyone uh, who's ever exercised will tell you, if you don't stretch first, you can injure yourself. My son just started uh, T-ball. Him and his his buddy, uh, Caleb, they both go to their congregation here. And uh, Caleb, uh, one of the kids, one of our members here, uh, Gary... They uh, uh he, he's uh, the, the assistant coach. So right before the game or the practice, Gary's out there and he's a he knows all about physical fitness. That's that's his job. And so he's out there and he's getting all these little kids to do their their stretches. And I wish I had a video of it. I didn't take it, but uh, <clears throat> it's cute watching these little toddlers try to do these stretchings and, and do it just like Gary. And he's he's teaching them. Here's how you do it here's what I want what you need to do before the game to, to get ready and, and do some exercise you don't want to just jump right in with the exercise you, you can hurt yourself you got to slowly you know build yourself up it, it's like that person who who gets on fire about the word of God right they, they read the Bible they, for the first time they, they it begins to click and they just want to go out there and tell everybody but they're not ready yet they haven't taken in the word long enough they need to start off with a few stretches first before they start going. That far. And so they throw the pearls out there before the swine. And the pearls get trampled on. Of course, there's other other people who think, well, I, Chris, I, I do the faith stretch all the time. I'm always spiritually exercising. Every time I come to, to church, I get to get exercise. And, 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 you know, a lot of folks think that. Boy, I come to, to church on Sunday morning and, and, and Sunday evening and, and Wednesday night, and, and I do a Tuesday Bible study. And I sit there, and, and, I, and I listen to every word, Chris. Oh okay let me let me illustrate it like this and you tell me how well this would work I want to get big and strong like Arnold Schwarzenegger so I I come and I, I go down to the the workout place you know the, the fitness center and I stand there and I watch those guys work out I watch them work out I'll ask them questions and they tell me what they do and I watch them all day I do it three days on uh, twi- uh, every single day of the week and twice on Sunday and all I do is watch how strong and how big am I going to get yeah, I'm not. It's going back to what Gary was doing, showing the kids, here's how you stretch properly. Now you do it. And that's what the preachers and teachers are doing on Sundays and Wednesdays. They're showing people, here's the here's Bible study. Here's something we can learn. Here's how you study. Now you do it. And you need to do it every day. Get up and study your Bible. And if you don't, you're not getting any exercise. And you're going to build up in the cholesterol, you're going to die spiritually. You got to do the faith stretch yourself. You can't just listen, you got to do it yourself. Get up in the morning and stretch, read the Word of God, take it into your mind and into your heart. And then, item number two do the speak out workout. Once the heart is right, then we'll be able to exercise in the way Psalm 51 tells us. Let me go, uh, let me go back over there to Psalm 51. I turned away from it, so apologies. I, I got to turn back over there Be real quick. Psalm chapter 51, <clears throat> verses 13 to 15. One last page to turn. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise, for you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. For you are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken heart, broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. It is a simple three step workout teach, sing, and praise. And I recommend at least 50 repetitions every day. Teach a friend or yourself or a family member or coworker about Christ. Live a life that truly shines forth the light of Christ. Sing praises to the Lord and make melody in your heart. Praise the Lord every day. Doing these exercises will open up the pathway to your heart. So that God's word will freely flow within it. But you must take the medicine and you must do the workouts every day. Are we doing that? Are our hearts getting clogged? Are we uh, letting the things of this life distract us from the things of God? Because that's that's the, the goal of Satan, you know. And he knows that there's many people out there who, who recognize what sin is, and they, they, they can discern between evil and, and good. And so he decides, you know what, they, 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 see, they can see this, and so he's going to distract you with other things. Satan thinks, okay, you won't do sin, but you'll do something that you'll consider good, even if it's not something of God. And so many people think it's a, and it is, it's a good thing. I want my kids to go play sports. I got my kids in baseball. And boy, when I see their faces and see them do well and, and, and watch them grow, it's awesome. It's great. And Satan says, it sure is. In fact, you're going to think it's so great. You won't mind missing Sunday just so they can go make a game. And it's just one time. What, no big deal, right? No lightning came down from heaven struck you. You can do it again after that. Why don't you go ahead and give it a try? And we begin to replace the best with good things in the world that distract us from God. And it's not a big deal, just a little bit of cholesterol. It's just one piece of bacon, right? But it always begins with little baby steps. Watch out for the spiritual cholesterol. Keep your mind and heart focused on the Lord. Do the workout every day if you want to be strong in the word. As we wrap up, as our time is uh, winding down here on our program this afternoon, I want to let you guys know know about some of the things we've got coming up here. Um, One of the things I like to do in order to get my mind uh, refocused is to think about the things of God at Copper Basin Bible Camp, and that's up north. And we have a golf tournament coming up June 1st. That's where we are going to be raising some funds. If you like to golf and you want to know more about that, won't you give me a, a, a buzz here at our program, Redeeming the Time? Just head over to www.nvcoc.net, click on that radio mic, and leave me a comment or send me an email, and I will get back to you about that as soon as possible. I didn't leave myself enough time to go over everything, but I'll catch you next week and I'll tell you all about it. Thank you and God bless. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. To hear this program again, go to FamilyValuesRadio1010.com and click on the podcast page and find this program and many others right there on FamilyValuesRadio1010.com.